Listener Production. I'm too nasal. <laughs> I keep getting emails from men who say they don't like my nasal voice. Can you please do the intro? <laughs> Dad! <laughs> Go do it, do it, do it. Do it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Just the Gist, the podcast where Rosie Waterlands gives you... Rosie Waterlands? <laughs> Get it? Together. Okay, I'll finish for you. The podcast where Rosie Waterland recaps anything and everything for her best friend, Jacob Stanley, giving you just the gist of what you need to know. Here we are. Oh, listen, I've taken things down an octave and now sound a little bit sexy. Bobble bale. Bobble bale. Let's get started. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... Tonight, we start with a group date. So Mm -hmm. we're at the polygamy prison with all the dudes and a package arrives at the polygamy prison and it's filled with (gasps) baby stuff. And so this is the sign that this week it's the humiliating baby challenge. And unlike with the female contestants on The Bachelor where Mm. there's like a hint of seriousness to this challenge because it's like, oh, my God, you cannot fail. You have to be good at procreating. You have to be good at mothering or else you will not win. With the boys, it's kind of like, oh, you guys are larrikins and let's see you screw up trying to change nappies. Ha, 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 because you'll never actually be in charge of any of these tasks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, um, Oshi is there earning his gold logie that Mm. he will one day win. Um, And he asks Angie if having kids is something that is important to her. And she's like, yes, definitely. And she goes, I'm not a timeline type of girl. Like, I don't need them yesterday, but I would love to have them in the next five years. And I was like, well, that suggests a timeline, but Mm. that's fine. (laughs) And, um, And all the guys are just like falling all over themselves to agree with her. So they're all just like, yes, we want kids, I want kids, kids are the best. And even though most of them are in like their mid to late 20s, which means they almost definitely do not want kids, um, they're all just saying that, yes, actually that is the absolute number one thing that I want and, Angie, you are right, I'll be the best dad ever. Except, surprise, one guy who I don't remember ever seeing before, he emerges from the bushes kind of like, the reverse of that Homer Simpson meme. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, hello. <laughs> and everyone sort of turns to look at him and he goes, I'm not interested in having kids at all. And everyone's like, record scratch. And everyone's like, what? And he goes, yeah, being an uncle's enough for me. He goes, I've got so much traveling and living to do. Like, I don't understand why you have to have kids. Amen. And so everyone's like, excusez-moi. And she looks shocked, like, because the aim of this game is to win, which means you agree with whatever the bachelorette or bachelor Uh says and wants, and he has not done that. So I was like, who is this guy? Because I did not recognize him, so I looked him up. He's 32, Uh so it's not like he's so young that he's like, kids, whatever. Like, he's old enough to know that, like, no, I don't want it. Yeah. Um, His name is Hayden, 
Mm. And it's spelled H A Y D N. Hade N. Hade. Hade N. Not sure his parents understood that the letter N is like the phonetic sound of the letter, but his name is Hade N. Where's he from? I don't know. I'm going to say the Gold Coast <laughs> because it feels right, doesn't it? <laughs> or Penrith. Um, but to be honest, it seems odd. It's like, fine, mm. all power to him that he's just totally open about the fact that that's not something that he wants when it means he's going to lose. Yeah. But also, okay, here's, what's, here's my thoughts. He would never have been allowed on this show given the extensive screening process knowing and being honest about the fact he didn't want kids mm. unless they were trying to F with her, uh-huh. like by sending someone in like that. But if that was the case, I feel like it would have come up in conversation much earlier. Mm-hmm. The second thing I think is, oh, maybe he wants to be famous and, you know, he's just on the show for publicity, mm-hmm. in which case he wouldn't admit that he didn't want kids because he'd try to stay on the show as long as he possibly could to mm-hmm. stay famous. Mm-hmm. The third option is he's absolutely 100% not interested in her and he's trying to sabotage himself to get kicked off because he's over it. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And you're going to tell me later if his plan works. So anyway, cut to the humiliating baby challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, the men have to get the kids ready for school because as is realistic with the uh, labour distribution between men and women, this is probably the one thing they'll have to do once a month when they're married to a woman for the rest of their lives. (laughs) So they have to um, change. There's a bunch of baby dolls set up like along a long table. They have to change a shitty nappy Mm. and power to the uh, Bachelor editors. The shitty nappy is actually shit. Like, I don't know if it's Nutella or or Vegemite, or, oh. but there is like an actual shitty substance that is all over the doll baby's ass and all over a nappy that they all have to change. Okay, by shitty you just mean brown a and brown, semi-solid. A brown semi-solid okay. substance. All right. <laughs> Which, have you ever changed a nappy, actually? God, no. <laughs> Have you never changed a single nappy in your life? No, and I will maintain that perfect, pure but record till the so end of my days. you so many friends with children. Yes, I do, and they know me very well and exactly where I drew the line years ago, <laughs> and I ain't budging. I've changed... I cannot even count the amount of nappies because I have two little sisters and then I lived with my uncle and he had two daughters. Uh So then I had two little cousins Mm -hmm. whose nappies I changed. Then Rhiannon, my older sister, had Alira, mm-hmm. and then she had Muhammad, and then she had Aya, and now she's had the twins. So I've literally been changing nappies and looking after little kids my entire life. Congratulations. I can't imagine you never having changed a nappy. That's nuts. It's true. And also keep in mind, I haven't cooked a single item of food for at least 10 (laughs) years now. That's true. Whenever I go to your house and I open the fridge, it is filled with um, beauty products that need to be chilled. Mm -hmm. That's why they're in the fridge. And low carb beer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's all that's in your fridge. Sometimes some spinach. (laughs) But that's for when you're desperate. And probiotics. (laughs) 
I remember once I stayed at your house for like two nights when you went there and I had some ice cream that I'd got and I left it in the freezer and I messaged you and I was like, oh, sorry, I left dairy in your house. <laughs> and I said, maybe just leave it there for the next time I came over and you messaged me back and you were like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> you threw it out. That was expensive Sarah ice cream. <laughs> and you threw it out. Mm-hmm. Policies so are anyway, policies, rules are rules. I don't are change nappies, I don't cook, <laughs> and I don't allow food in the house. You don't allow dairy in the house. <laughs> or actually, yeah, to be honest, food. You allow you allow low-carb beer, chilled face masks, and spinach <laughs> in your house. Everyone's welcome. <laughs> Mike, can I tempt you? <laughs> Why do you think I stay in hotels when I go to Melbourne and not at your house? <laughs> So you're basically on the same page as Hayden, H-Y-D-N, Hayden. So the humiliating challenge, they've got to change what is actually a physically shitty nappy. Mm -hmm. And then once they've changed the nappy, they've got to put the doll baby into a baby carrier, like a, you know, the one that parents wear on their body, like a a baby. Yeah, a strap on. (laughs) So they have to put the baby in the strap on. So they ha- first they have to figure out how to how to strap the strap on onto their body, uh-huh. and then they have to put the baby into the strap on. <laughs> and then the next step of this challenge is with the baby in the strap on. To <laughs> never thought I'd say the baby in the strap on. They have to run over to um, uh, get a like school age child ready for school, and uh-huh. it's a it's a child sized mannequin, uh-huh. and so they have to. <laughs> Like get a, a child size mannequin into a school uniform, mm-hmm. and then they have to carry the dressed child and the baby in the strap on, and they have to run over to a schoolhouse and ring a bell, and then they're the winner, uh-huh. right? And you and I have both worked in retail, so we both mm-hmm. know how hard it is to dress a mannequin. Mm-hmm. It's hard, mm-hmm. right? And who do you think? hasn't had a date yet and is desperate to have a date and thinks that he and Angie are meant to be and is going to take this challenge very, very intensely, scarily, seriously. Uh-oh. Jamie. Uh. <laughs> so Jamie freaks the freak out. He's crazy. He wants to win so bad. So he has his baby in the in the strap on and he runs over to the mannequin and he can't get the clothes on the mannequin so he breaks off an arm oh. and then he breaks off the head and then he breaks off the other <laughs> and, he, oh. and he shoves the clothes on it and then he sprints over to the finish line carrying a torso, mm. two dismembered <laughs> arms and a decapitated head. <laughs> wild eyes with wild intense eyes and he runs over to the like makeshift schoolhouse and he rings the bell and he's ringing the bell holding all these like dismembered limbs and he's like I won I won and the whole thing is pretty much a metaphor for how he probably has sex I think which is like I did it the fastest which is the best Because he's like, I'm, I won. I'm going to get alone time with Angie. And then I swear to God, <laughs> if this is not the moment that Osher Ginsburg deserves, earns, and wins his gold Logie, I don't know what is. Yeah. 
So Jamie is standing there, beaming, mm. holding two dismembered child arms and a decapitated <laughs> child head. And the deformed torso of a school-aged child. And Osha says, Jamie, you can't send a child to school with no head. <laughs> <laughs> and Jamie looks... And he's like, what? And so he picks up his arms and his head and his torso and his shitty nappy baby and he runs back. But while he's doing that, Jackson wins. Mm. And Jackson is someone I haven't really taken notice of before, to be honest. He's um, only 25. He's a bit of a meathead. His neck is kind (laughs) of the same width of his head. You know, that look. Um, And, uh, you know, I sort of didn't really think he was in with a chance and he definitely doesn't disprove me when he wins by saying, I know I'm only 25 and I don't even care, eh? I'd be a good dad. I'm a dilf. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Does he already have kids? No. Okay. Well, I mean. He's pre-dilf. Probably. (laughs) But I read this week that he makes it to the final four. So now I'm like, what do I know? Mm. Um, So Angie takes him to sit on a magic sex couch Uh and they chat. And, you know, he's 25 and he just seems 25. Like he he just acts immature and it's quite obvious that he's not an obvious contender. And I think that says a lot about her option pool. Mm. If, like, he is someone who makes it to the final four, and he is just like a meathead 25-year-old. He's not, there's nothing wrong with him. He's sweet, Mm. but he's 25, and he's a bit of a meathead, and it's like she's a grown woman, and anyway. Uh She gives him a rose, and they pash on, which I don't blame her for, because, I mean, who doesn't want to make out with a 25-year-old beefcake with abs occasionally? Like, Mm. sure, do it, whatever. Get your kicks while you can. Mm -hmm. You make out with them, but I I feel like we do not marry them, but... Mm. You know, that's just me. Mm. Cut to single date. So they're not they're not messing around with time here. They're running out of money. They're mm. running out of budget. Mm-hmm. Single date goes to Carlin. Remember Carl Lagerfeld? Yep. Carlin, mm-hmm. perfect looking guy who is trying to be an actor, worked at Cotton on a year ago. Yeah. Um, Jamie looks scary mad uh-huh. because Jamie hasn't had a single date yet and this is Carlin's second single date. Uh-huh. So he's now being lapped which if he was smart enough to get it, he would understand, oh, this means you're being kept in the show mm. for drama and ratings and viewing because you're, like, hilariously embarrassing. But he doesn't get that. of a child mannequin. <laughs> yes, a, dis- a dis- dismembered lam- limbs and a decapitated child head. <laughs> that's, that's Jamie in a nutshell. <laughs> so Jamie's furious. Uh-huh. Um, um, and he keeps saying to the camera, like, he's really mad because he hasn't had a single date yet, but he feels like he deserves one. And it's like, he doesn't care whether or not she wants to give him one. Mm -hmm. He feels like he deserves one. Mm -hmm. Um, and the date literally, I could describe it to you, but I'm not going to. It's boring. He's Carlin. He's very well groomed. Mm -hmm. He has nice abs. He has a very nice fake tan. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's boring as batshit. Mm-hmm. She gives him a rose because she's got major minge twins for minge twins for his abs. Uh-huh. Like that's pretty much it. They pash a little, 
And it's the kind of thing where she has said over and over and over and over and over that she needs someone funny. She needs someone interesting. She needs someone who can, like, stimulate her brain and someone mm. a bit different. But then as soon as she seems some sees someone tanned and with abs and good looking, she's like, wait, what? Mm. <laughs> I didn't need any of those things. <laughs> can I touch your abs again? Um, Do you think he's going to win? No, I don't. Mm. Um, and we'll get to why in a second. Okay. Um, so we cut back to the polygamy prison while they're on their date, and Jamie is concocting a plan to tell Angie, quote, who I think is genuine and who I think is ingenuine. I think Carlin is really ingenuine, very, very ingenuine. <laughs> and, yes, I would like to say to the five thousand people who messaged me on Twitter, mm-hmm. on Facebook, via email, via every possible place. Rosie, ingenuine isn't a word. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I only have two degrees, am a professional writer, and talk about this shit all the time. I know ingenuine isn't a word. Is that not where the humour comes from? <laughs> yes. I feel like if you had to tell me, then maybe I was just as funny as him. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Stop tweeting me. I know ingenuine isn't a word. (laughs) So do the producers and editors, and that's why they're going to milk this for all it's freaking worth. Cut to the cocktail party. (laughs) First of all, in what seems completely inconsequential, she pulls Hayden, Hayden, N mm. aside and says, you don't want kids. And he's like, nah. And she goes, cool, let's end this. He goes, okay. And he, he's gone. Mm. He walks out to a car and leaves and that's it. And normally that would be the biggest bombshell of the week, but no, because Jamie is going to drop his ingenuine bombshell. <laughs> so the second she walks into the party after kicking out Hayden, mm. he pounces on her and he's like, I need to tell you about the people who are being ingenuine. And he pulls her over to a couch in the corner and he's like, so you've asked me twice now to tell you who's genuine and who's ingenuine. Mm. And she looks at him and goes, no, I haven't asked you. You've kept bringing it up Mm -hmm. saying you think there are people who are being genuine and not, and then you have (laughs) refused to say who Mm. those people are. Mm. So, no, I haven't asked you. You've just kept throwing it out there and then not saying what you want to say. And then he's like, yes, you are right. I have said that there are people being genuine and ingenuine, and now... I'm finally man enough and brave enough to tell you who those people are. And it's like he's almost getting pleasure out of it. Mm. It's really a bit gross. Like he's very jealous that Carlin got two dates and you can tell that he's very jealous about how good looking and perfect Carlin is. Mm. And he's very angry that last week they all told her dad that they thought he was creepy and should be kicked out. So he's, like, out for revenge. And then he looks at her and he goes, I'm really sorry, Angie, but this is going to hit you like a ton of bricks. (laughs) These guys are going to wish I went home last week after they hear what I have to tell you. And she's just looking at him like, Mm -hmm. is this, what is your, I'm 
slightly afraid of you. Please get away from me. Mm. And then he literally goes through every single guy in the polygamy prison and tells her why they're fake and why they're using her and why they don't actually like her, which is actually an incredibly cruel and emotionally abusive thing to do. To and her, that's what, yes. yes like, that's what emotionally abusive men do. They yeah. say to you, here are all the reasons nobody could ever possibly like you. Here are all the reasons anybody who says they care about you actually doesn't. Mm. And here's why you need to understand that I'm the only person who could ever possibly possibly love you. Like it's basically saying you're shit. These guys are all lying to you and I'm the only one who cares. So foul. Was he actually telling stories or giving examples? Or- yeah. So he was giving examples. He'd be like, um, this guy, like the, the BMX guy has been talking about how he only cares about his BMX career and he's only here to just ride bikes and ride his BMX. And then he's like, um, this other guy has been talking about how like he's only here for Instagram. Like Hmm. that is so emotionally, that's what emotionally abusive men do. Like convince you that nobody could possibly love you. Textbook. Textbook. Yeah. And he's doing it on camera. Yes. And they're letting him. It's gross. Um, The main one he wants to get to, though, is Carlin. Yeah. And he's like, Carlin, Carlin is ingenuine. Can I just say, I know everyone's (laughs) dying to hear me say it, the word is disingenuous. (laughs) Oh, thank God. That was such a relief. (laughs) But anyway, he keeps saying ingenuine. Carlin, Carlin is ingenuine. He is the ingenuine one. He's going around peacocking, saying that he's going to be the 2020 bachelor. Mm. And he's clearly full of it. And it doesn't look like she takes him seriously. Like, she kind of looks at him like she's trying to placate a young child. Like, she just keeps going, mmm, okay, oh, no, oh, that sounds bad. Like, she just looks uncomfortable and, like, she doesn't, yeah, she doesn't want to be there. Um, She looks extremely nervous around him. But I'm sure the producers were like, okay, you have to go and ask Carlin whether he ever actually said that because this season is really freaking boring and nothing's happening. (laughs) And even though indulging in Jamie's toxic and emotionally manipulative behaviour for entertainment is morally reprehensible, Mm -hmm. we need to manufacture some drama here, Mm -hmm. which it just makes me feel gross because Mm -hmm. the way he's behaving is gross and she clearly is uncomfortable around him, which is what is clearly for just the show and entertainment and ratings purposes. Mm. It's icky. Did she seem Um, uncomfortable or, like, next level upset? She seemed uncomfortable and she seems, whenever she's around him alone, Mm. and keep in mind there's 20 producers and 10 cameras and yep. but they still have to sit on a on a couch together the two of them mm. whenever she's sitting on a couch with him the two of them she just seems like she wants to get the hell out of there mm-hmm. um i don't think she seemed upset to the point where she actually believed what he said about anyone yeah. she said to the cameras that she did she was like oh no he said, Carlin said he wants to be the 2020 Bachelor. I guess I need to go ask him about it. But it's like clearly Jamie is crazy and she didn't believe that Carlin actually said that. And mm. so this whole thing is just manufactured drama, yeah. which just makes me uncomfortable because I'm like, don't indulge. 
what is clearly a toxic man and what is clearly a toxic situation yeah. because nothing else is happening. Yeah. Like, you're f***ing reality TV producers. Like, mm. create some other drama yeah. that doesn't involve something gross and scary and toxic. Yeah. Seems a bit cheap, but, I mean, at least it seems like because she's watched enough TV, she knows what goes on in the background to a great enough extent that she's not letting him get to her too much. Yes, but I also think, and this is why I could never be The Bachelorette, if they said to me, sit here and listen to these things Jamie is accusing everyone of and then go and ask those guys if that's true, I'd say, F no. Yeah. I'm going to kick Jamie out because he's toxic and I'm going to say it to his face. Mm-hmm. Like, it was very easy for her a few weeks ago to tell that noosa guy to his face <laughs> that he was being gross and sexist and misogynistic. Like, that was a very easy cut and paste feminist moment for her. But with someone like Jamie, where the toxic misogyny is a lot more subtle and where Channel 10 are clearly relying on it to push the drama forward, she can't really call him out because it needs to be part of the narrative. And I think I would never acquiesce to that, which she is. And that's fine. I mean, it's part of her job as the bachelorette, Mm. but there's a reason why I think some people could do that job and some people couldn't, and I could never do it because I would never acquiesce to someone behaving that way. I would never never just sit there and, and, and have a normal conversation with him because we need it to move the story forward. I think it's gross. Yeah. So, yeah, she's gone to Carlin to be like, oh, Jamie said this thing and I have to ask you about it because this is the only exciting thing that's happening. She's like, did you say you're going to be the 2020 Bachelor? And he gets really upset Mm. and really annoyed. And his perfect model tanned face Mm. starts to cry. And he's like, do you think I would have told you everything I did today on our date about everything I've been through if I wasn't serious about you? (laughs) And I had to rewind because I was like, I don't remember you guys having a conversation yeah. about anything that he's been through. And these editors are despo for drama. Yeah. So if you had been through anything that resembled even anything close to a sob story, yeah. they would have included it uh-huh. in the final edit. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, maybe I was drinking my wine and I missed it. So I rewound to their date. And this is what I found. At one point on the date, he looked at her. And he said, I've been through a lot. I'm not here for Instagram. I'm here for you. And that's all I could find. (laughs) That's all I could find. Which, by the way, if you go to his Instagram, every second post he puts up is him endorsing some kind of product. So I feel like he kind of is. But anyway, um, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. Um, But then she feels bad because he cried. And so then she's like, oh, no, like all the guys stirred all this drama and Jamie, like, was jealous of Carlin and told me all these lies about Carlin and now Carlin's crying and ruining his perfect tan and he's been through stuff and I should have understood that. And that's when things at this cocktail party get really bizarre and nonsensical. Are you following? Because you need to just be on board from this point. It's about to get very fast. Strap in. So 
while Carlin and Angie are talking, he puts his jacket on her because she's cold. Mm. And then Tim pokes his head around the corner for a second and he sees that the jacket is on her and that she has the rose, which is on the jacket. And so then Tim goes running back to all the boys and he's like, she took the rose back from Carlin because he thought because he Uh saw the rose on her Uh that she'd taken the rose back. Uh And so then all the boys are like, bullshit, Tim. Like, no, she didn't. And then Kieran comes out of nowhere in this glorious floral and white suit ensemble because he always looks amazing. Uh And he's like, why are you saying that, Tim? Why are you calling all this drama. Tim, I can't handle it. And then Kieran starts crying. And then Tim looks around and he's like, wait a second, let me go double check. And then he goes, look, and he's like, oh no, wait, I was wrong. She's just wearing the jacket. And then Kieran's like, Tim, why are you spreading shit? And then the dog guy is like, yeah, Tim, why have you caused so much drama? And Tim's like, I haven't caused drama. I just looked for a second and I made a mistake. (laughs) And then Kieran starts crying more. And he's like, I can't take this anymore. And he walks off. And Jamie's mad that Colin still has a rose when he was hoping to get rid of him. And Colin is mad that Jamie spun shit about him and said he wanted to be Bachelor 2020. And then suddenly someone yells, where the F is Hayden. (laughs) 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 It's crazy. And then Kieran comes out of a room in his normal clothes. He's changed Uh, out of his glorious white and floral tuxedo. Yeah. And he's crying and he's saying that he's going home. Oh. And then Osha comes on voiceover and says, to be continued. <gasps> End of episode. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> it's a massive crescendo of drama. Wow. Okay. I hope I did it justice because there was a lot of chaos. <laughs> I'm interested to know what Kieran's everyday clothes look like if you say he changed into something normal. Up till now, I've only been picturing him in floral he suits all- like RuPaul. Yeah, drag. basically that is how he dressed all the time. But his, I would say his casual ensembles are very tight, ripped jeans. He dresses a bit like you, to be honest. Oh. Very tight, ripped jeans, kind of sexy tight shirts, like cool denim jackets. He always has immaculate, like Daenerys Targaryen-esque braids in his hair. Really? Which I, oh, I feel like... I want to say the hairstylists do it for him, but I feel like Kieran is such a magical man unicorn that he knows how to do it his wow. effing self. And if I was his girlfriend, he would spend hours just gloriously braiding my hair and then we'd have sex on a glorious bed. Oh. I love him so much. So do you think he's going or do you think, oh, you know. I well, I told ask. you it was You've to be it. continued. <laughs> so what are your thoughts? That was Wednesday night. Oh, I hopefully this week has got to be the last week for Jamie. Like, you can't keep stretching this out. I get that <laughs> it might make some really compelling viewing, but it all just makes me feel really uncomfortable. Yes, because same. And I they can't like- push it much further because Angie is a respectable feminist woman, yeah. talks often about that, and I feel like she understands how television works, so she's given them a bit of sway. She's like, yes, I understand this gets ratings or whatever, but it's gotten to the point now where it's like, even she can't, she's like, no, I can't. I yep. can't put up with this anymore. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. That's got to end. Um, feels very manipulative and distasteful. And yep. Yeah. Um, 
And then with Carlin, I feel like this is probably like the complication in their perfect love story narrative because it all seemed to be going so well up until this point. I'm, what do you think the complication is? The Bachelor 2020 thing? That he's now so upset that she's asked him this question. Oh, and not just that and he's boring what, as batshit. No, 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 <laughs> no. That's, I mean, a common denominator for a lot of them, to be honest. <laughs> um, That's true. But... The fact that, you know, it's going to take so much for him to forgive her mistrust, yeah. um, mm-hmm. that's really something he's going to have to work through and so she's going to have to try to win him back. Um, oh, f- yeah. that. She's the bachelorette. If one time in your life you don't have to win a guy, it's when you're the bachelorette, mm. no? That's when they win you. Mm. Yeah. Jesus, does it ever end? Yeah. Uh, so I feel like he's probably going to be there until the end. <laughs> Keep in mind that, like, <laughs> this is only my second season of any sort of <laughs> batching nonsense. But I feel like I'm already able to come up with no, some I feel like, pretty yeah, solid Yeah, you theories. already kind of get the dynamics and how it works. Please note, everybody, that I haven't said gender dynamics once <laughs> this whole episode. And I've wanted to, but I haven't. <laughs> Shall we kick on? Please do. Episode two, go. Thursday night. So this is where we're at. It's currently 10pm. I just watched this. P.S. Doll, happy Halloween. It's Halloween. Yeah. I know. So uh, was this episode tonight Halloween themed? Um, No, but... Dino, our producer, who we both love, yeah. decorated, you know that um, uh, Bachelor life-size cutout that we have in the studio here? Of Astro Bachi. Yeah, of Astro Bachi. Yeah. So we still have it, and Dino put a hideously scary skull mask over his face <laughs> and crossed out the Bachelor and wrote the Bachelorette and then planted a huge sign on it that said Halloween edition. <laughs> and I was down here and I was like, oh, my God, Dean, if you weren't engaged, I'd want to marry you because that is the best thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay, and bit of context for everyone. He also has a Scottish accent, which just Dino makes him does have that a Scottish extra accent. Extra bit sexy. And do you want to know something that makes him even sexier? Mm. And if he's uncomfortable with this, we'll cut it. But I just want to tell you: Do you know who Dean's related to? <gasps> Susan Boyle. <laughs> <laughs> Susan Boyle is Dean's great aunt. Great aunt. He's not in great aunt. So that basically means that our producer Dino is Scottish royalty. She's Welsh though, isn't she? No, he's he's shaking his head no like you're crazy. No. We're talking about the same Susan Boyle? Who won the thing with the singing. Uh Yes. Okay. She dreamed a dream. She mm. dreamed a dream, mm. and that dream included Dino because he's <laughs> her grandnephew. Yes, he's saying yes. Well, okay, so I hope he's so in the will. So we're in the, we're in the in presence the of Scottish royalty. And he's got the accent, and he's got a sense of humour with regards to but practical... But he's engaged, he's taken, he's taken. Okay. He's mm. planning the wedding as we speak to his beautiful fiance. so... Okay, so it ain't a done stand deal Stand down, yet. Jacob, stand down. <laughs> All right. Okay, Thursday night. Yes. So we open with a voiceover from Osha saying, the shocking conclusion to Kieran's walkout happens now. 
And so this is like one of the first episodes ever where the episode has opened halfway through the cocktail party from the night before Mm -hmm. because so much drama has happened that they could not contain it into one cocktail party in one episode. Mm -hmm. And so we open with everyone like, what's going on? What's going on? Where's Kieran? Why has he changed out of his glorious white and floral suit? What's happening? Kieran's crying. He's ripped his mic off. And she's like, no, please, I like you. Stay. And then he's like, I can't stay. I don't like this. I, I just need to leave. I'm really emotionally upset. I don't, I, I'm not into this. And then she's like, I don't want you to leave. Even though you've taken your mic off, please come and talk to me out in the private garden where cameras are. And also my mic is so we can talk and everyone can hear it. And he's like, okay. And so then, and this is actually really effing sad. They go out to the garden and he is, he bursts into tears. He's bawling and he tells her that his nan died. And I don't know if you remember from the first week um, when they met. Yeah, I didn't (laughs) either. But on their first date, he talked about how he had a really shit upbringing and his parents left and his nan raised him. Oh, no. So his nan is like his mother. And he literally spent half their first date talking about how he loves her so much. He talks to her every few days on the phone back in Manchester. Like it. To her, to him, it's it's the most important person oh. in his entire life, and yeah. she died. And he sort of like tried to stay, didn't really know what to do. But then all this drama went down in the house, and he was just like, "F this, I need to leave." Yeah, like I smart. can't. Yeah, like I don't even because I'm the same. My parents are shit house, and I, I was trying to think of what is similar. And to me, it's like if my older sister died, Mm. who's like my mother, you know what I mean? Or like if my uncle Mark died, who was like my dad, like I can't imagine someone who stepped in and took care of you and loved you more than anything and was like the parent you never had if that person died. Especially while you're on a reality show where everything's just ridiculous and nonsensical and shitty and dumb. Yeah. And then you're dealing with actual real life and real life emotions. Yeah. And so... I'm so glad he got out. Like, genuinely, that's... that's. Yeah, but not before they drag it out for a very, 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 very long time. So... He's sitting in the garden in his casual clothes and she's in her cocktail party clothes and he's bawling and bawling and bawling and bawling and he just says to her, like, I like you so much but I want to be here and be here for you when I'm at my best but I can't be at my best because the most important person in my life just died so I just I can't do this right now. Yeah. And she's like, yes, I get it, of course, and she's crying and he's crying and literally it turns into, like, serious time filler. Like, we spend half an hour of this episode, and keep in mind these episodes are an hour long. Yeah. So we spend half of this episode yeah. on him and her just sitting there crying about how he has to leave. And I get it because he's great. Like, he yeah. has been, like, the dark horse that nobody expected. Like, in the first week, we were all just like, oh, he's crazy and he just wants to be on Bachelor in Paradise and he's, like, whatever. But yeah. he's actually been so lovely and, and just open and, and kind of the person that everybody has grown to love. Like, I want to date him big time. He's awesome. Um, 
but yeah, we just spend a, a very uncomfortable amount of time <laughs> focusing on how upset he is. Yeah. And then they move from the couch out to the car in the driveway because he's like, I do have to go. I just have to go. And it gets to the point, and I swear to God, where I think it's it's such serious time filler that it turns into like rom-com time filler. And it's kind of at this thing where they are like soulmates being ripped apart, like the soundtrack and the things they're saying to each other. And they kiss really passionately in the driveway. And he's like, I don't want to go. And she's like, I don't want you to go either, but you have to. And he cries and she cries. And it got to the point where I was like, I think maybe he'll be back. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Or if he doesn't come back, you know how I've been saying to you, that ever since the show started airing, her answers, when people have been saying, you know, did you pick someone in the end? Have you ended up with someone? Her answers have been very ambiguous and cagey and she hasn't really answered. She's given a very press release answer to those questions where she hasn't really said, yes, the person I picked in the finale is the person I'm still with and yeah. we're very happy together. I think maybe either he comes back or she picks someone in the finale doesn't work out, and then they've ended up together since the show ended. Okay. Because they would not, they would not, and I've never seen it in the history of watching The Australian Bachelor and Bachelorette, I have not seen this amount of time or edit dedicated to someone who has to leave. And nor have I seen, like, the way they've edited it with, like, romantic soundtrack, the two of them crying, the two of them barely wanting to let each other go, her saying that she thinks maybe her heart is broken and that she thinks he might be the one, him bawling in the back of the limousine as it drives away. They never spend this much time on someone leaving. Like if his grandma died and he was sad and he had to go and we were never going to see him again, this would have been a five-minute package. But literally by the time he's gone, it has been half the hour episode of just the two of them crying about how much they don't want to leave and each other. And has this sort of situation happened before in previous never, seasons? I've never seen this happen before. No, no, but so this is the first time someone's had to leave because of a death in the family? Um, no, I've seen people had to leave because of things in the family. I can't remember. I, I don't want to say it's been a death if it hasn't, but I've seen people have to leave because of other reasons but and it's, it's always just like, dramatic. oh, I'm sorry, I've got to go. Oh, yes, you got to do what you got to do. Bye. Yeah. Like, it's always been just, like, quick. Okay, well, oh, I feel like this I is definitely building know. up for something. And I kind of hope it is because I love him even more. I love him so much. But also, even if she doesn't end up with him, it's like, but then he'll be the bachelor next year. And that will be the best bachelor I've ever seen in my life. It will be like the... The antidote to toxic masculinity bachelor. You know what I mean? Like it would literally be the most progressive, important bachelor I think any bachelor series anywhere in the world has ever had. Yeah. Because he's he's just, he's, I, I, I don't even know how to put him into words, but he is literally the antidote to toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. That's what he is. And I think that would be so important for people to see him be regarded as a um, sexy, romantic, um, desirable man to many, many women. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a hugely important deal totally. for someone like that. So 
I feel like wherever he ends up, whether they end up together or whether he ends up whether he ends up The Bachelor next year, I like both those options. Or the third option is he ends up with me, which I also really quite like. <laughs> 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 so, mm-hmm. Could be any of those things. Mm-hmm. So, gosh, that is literally half Thursday night's episode. Uh-huh. Then we cut to the aftermath of that. Um, Tim... Frothier. Is Frothier. Basically says, wow, so Hayden left because he didn't want kids. And then, like, um, Kieran left because his grandma died. I think maybe I'm going to Stephen Bradbury this whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Did he say that? (laughs) He said that. So I'm going to end up at the end with that girl just like by accident because he's hilarious. Um, They cut to Angie who's drinking tea and looking out into the distance. And just, like, thinking about, like, how, like, Kieran could be the one and she had to let him go because his nan died. Mm. And the music is really sad. But then the music switches to happy music. And she's like, but I've got to go on another date today. So I want to have fun with someone who makes me laugh. And she's like, you know who makes me laugh? Froth ya. <laughs> so... She pulls up to the house in a Rolls Royce and she's dressed like um, Audrey Hepburn at breakfast at Tiffany's, but mm. like the cheap bogan Halloween version of that. And um, she gets out of the Rolls Royce <laughs> and she's like, I would like Tim, please. And so Tim comes out wearing a top hat and a tux and he's like, I look like Russell Brand in Arthur, eh? And they both start laughing and um, they just both keep saying the word fancy. She's like, Tim is so unfancy that I thought it would be funny if we did something fancy. And he's like, wow, I can't believe how fancy this is. And she's like, yes, I just thought it would be hilarious if we did something fancy, 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 fancy. (laughs) And it's kind of like that thing where it's like, I'm pretty sure the rule of being fancy is the more you have to say it, the less you are. (laughs) But that's kind of what's charming about them both. Uh And so then they... Driving this Rolls Royce to a, um, like, uh, just lunch table and there's a plastic chandelier hanging over it. And it's weird because Tim is really quiet on this date Mm. and he's normally not. He's normally like the loud larrikin. And he keeps talking about how nervous and anxious he is, which is not usual for him. Mm. So they eat lunch at a fancy table and there's... (laughs) Fancy table. Fancy. And a, a fancy. And there's a plastic chandelier hanging above them. Oh. And, like, they've um, got, uh, you know, they get served caviar yeah. and, like, stuff. And then the cutest thing, and she says, they're eating the caviar and he's not talking because he's very nervous and he's very closed in and he's being very weird. And then they're eating the caviar and Angie looks at him and says, have you ever had the sushi with the Nemo's on top? Shut up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> Don't you love her so I do much? love her because like, you know exactly you what s- she yeah, means. Yeah, you know exactly yeah. what she means. Yeah. Oh, she's the best. Oh. But he can't relax. He's freaking. Like, she decides that she needs to help him relax, and the perfect way to do that is for them to have a bath together. Oh. So they go to a bath together, which is outside. Yeah. The bath is filled with rose petals mm. and it's silly and it's cute. And he does actually relax and he's finally having fun and it's fine. And she gives him a rose and they kiss and she's like, yes, he finally loosened up. And I remembered why he's funny and why I like him. 
But then I think the date and also their entire relationship can be summed up in what she says to him at the end. She looks at him and says, you've sat still for so long. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Which is literally what I said to my six-year-old nephew, Muhammad, about three days ago. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. So she is literally at the point where she's been matched with guys where she has to tell them she's proud of them for sitting still for an extended period of time. This is the dating pool she's been given to choose from. No wonder she was so crushed when Kieran had to go. I know. Yeah. Mm. Cut to cocktail party. So Angie pulls Carlin, boring male model aside, Uh and she's like, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. Last night I was apologising to you for believing what Jamie said about you saying that Bachelor 2020 thing. And then Kieran's grandma died, so, like, shit went down and we didn't get to finish. Mm. But I'm sorry I believed Jamie. And, like, Carlin's like, oh, my God, that's totally okay. And she's like, no, I don't know if you know that it is okay because, like, I really like you and your perfect abs are the reason I believe that you're here for the right reasons. Mm. And he's like, I totally am. And please ignore all those posts on my Instagram where I'm like plugging mouthwash that got (laughs) sent to me for free. (laughs) And then this is not even part of moving the story forward, but I had to tell you. So in a talking head, Tim Frothier starts saying to the camera, oh, I'm really nervous about, you know, going home tonight. I'm not sure what's going to happen. And then a producer goes, "Uh, Tim, you know, she gave you a rose yesterday. And he went, oh, yeah, I've got a rose. Oh, okay. So I feel good. I'm going to be fine. (laughs) He forgot. (laughs) Take from that what you will. (laughs) Cut to she's sitting with a dog guy. Remember him? Quite a few people wrote to me this week and said that the island that he is a caretaker of is Dunk Island. And it is an island that apparently hasn't had tourist uh, access for a few years. So he can't be there as like a tourist enticer influencer Uh because tourists aren't allowed to go there. Uh So I think he just genuinely does live on an island for money. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what his deal is. And I also at this point am feeling like he's kind of on the intelligence level of Jamie. Like he is not quite the sharpest tool in the shed. So, um, <laughs> so she sits with dog guy and it's boring cause he's boring. Um, but she gives him a rose cause she has major minge twinge and she's like, I like you and you have abs and also you like dogs. And so here's a rose. Um, and then he's talking. Where's Dunk Island? Do you know? Did you I look that up? Do I know or care? No. No, Why? but I'm, I'm just looking at the pros. Abs, dog, and possibly access to an island, maybe somewhere in a really lovely tropical location. I can... But he's an idiot. How are those pros when he's dumb? He's not funny. You can't have a conversation with him. He absolutely would not understand any of your TV references. Like, 
where are the positives there? Island. <laughs> oh my god, we're such different people. You're like island. I'm like smart, funny, TV. <laughs> and you're like island. <laughs> Does he have a beach on the east and the west side of the island? So anyway, then there's this very awkward argument, which is kind of like the only thing I can compare it to is um, Zoolander and Hansel having their walk off. Uh So like Carlin's like, why did you tell Angie that I wanted to be Bachelor 2020? And Jamie's like, because you did say that. And Carlin's like, no, I didn't. I'm genuine. And then um, <laughs> Jamie's like, you're ingenuine. And Carlin's like, I'm not ingenuine. I'm the most genuine. And Jamie's like, no, you're not the most genuine. You are ingenuine. And oh. Carlin goes, look, man, I finished high school years ago and you're 39. And then he walks off. And then Jamie's like, hmm. And so like. I feel like I just watched what is the real life version of Zoolander and Hansel have a fight. Uh. <laughs> and this is literally the dating pool that Angie has to choose from. Like, WTF. Uh. So she's like, okay, I need to sit down with Jamie to ask him why he lied last night mm. about Carlin saying all that stuff. And he's like, yes, I deserve time with her and I'm going to get time with her because I deserve it. Whether or not she wants to give it to me, I deserve it because women's agency means nothing. And so they sit down together and he looks at her and he's like, I don't regret anything of what I told you. It was all true. And she's like, you don't regret anything you said last night, even though it literally caused like ridiculous drama in the house. Mm. Everyone was upset. Kieran got to the point where he was bawling and he left. You don't regret any of it? And he's like, no, because I said what was true. And then she looked at him and went, "Mm, was it though? Oh. And he looked at her and said, "Um, well, okay, yeah, I've made mistakes, um, but can we talk more? And she said, no, I need to finish this now because I need to think about some things. So it's kind of at the point where I think the producers have finally said to her, yes, he can go. You do not have to spend any more time with him than what makes you uncomfortable, which I think she's been dying to be told that this whole time. So literally she just stands up and starts walking away from him, Mm. like basically running away from him. And he, and as they're walking back to the party, he, he like, grabs her shoulder and he goes, I'd love to catch up for coffee one time, one time in the future. Can we catch up for coffee? And she just looked at him and went, yeah. Oh. And then just went into the party. Uh Uh-huh. And so now, rose ceremony, Uh obviously Jamie's going because they cannot push this toxic misogyny for entertainment any further. Mm -hmm. And literally at this point, I needed Dino to help me count how many people were left because they promised it was going to end next week, but there's too many people. And I was like, I don't know who's there and what's yeah. happening. And so we were trying to count them. Mm. Um, at this point, Tim Frothier has a rose, which he forgot about, but he does have one. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> probably lost it. Dog guy has a rose, even though he did nothing but spend two minutes with her at the cocktail party. He's just got nice abs and she's got minge twinge for those and abs. An island. And an island, mm. but he's not funny and he doesn't 
get TV references, I can guarantee you that. Mm-hmm. There's five other guys, and this is literally the most important time I've ever needed Osher in my life because I am actually lost about how many people there are and who's going home and what's happening. And Osher walks in and says there's five men and there's only four roses. Mm-hmm. So one's going home. And it comes down to my boyfriend and Jamie. So I don't know if you've noticed, but the last few weeks I've told you that I have a crush on this guy, Alex, who's super cute and has a super cute face. And besides Jamie, he's the only guy who hasn't been offered a single date. Yeah, you're you're looking confused because he literally has not spent any alone time with her at all. He's just appeared on screen occasionally and looked very attractive and I've yeah. liked him for it. Uh. And he's pretty much the only guy that I would go for at this point. And so it comes down to him and Jamie and uh, Jamie goes. Thank God. Hallelujah. That's great. And when Jamie goes, he gets this look on his face like, how effing dare you not pick me when I love you so badly. Oh. It's very scary. And he walks over to her and she looks like she actually... Uh, half steps back a little. Like she doesn't even want to, she's she's nervous around him. And he says to her, like normally the the person rejecting the person says, oh, I'll walk you to the car. And so he comes up to her and she doesn't say anything and he says, can you walk me to the car? And she looks and she says, okay. But you can tell she doesn't want to and it's really uncomfortable. I don't think they should have made her do it. No way. And so she walks him out to the car and she looks really uncomfortable and, to be honest, quite frightened. Um, And then he says he has some things to say and she is just like, okay. Um, And he takes out a piece of paper and he's written like a letter and he starts reading it to her while she's standing there and she just looks like she wants to get the hell out of there. And it's kind of just listing about how she's amazing and also emotionally manipulatively about how nobody in the house is worthy of her, none of them really like her, and, like, he's the only one who would have ever treated her right. And um, then she's just like, okay, thank you, goodbye. Um, And he gets in the car and then the episode ends with him sitting in the back of the limo just with his eyes closed like he's trying to contain his fury, kind of like how you imagine like an incel or like a guy who's super invested in like the misogynistic concept of the game, if you don't understand what I'm saying, Google it. And when they don't get the woman that they think they deserve, they feel really hard done by But He just sits there with his eyes closed looking like he's about to go do something very rash and toxic and uncomfortable. And then that's it. He's gone. Okay, good. Um, What are your thoughts about the fact that they put him in there? And I think definitely, definitely encouraged him. I think definitely the whole time... There were producers whispering in his ear, oh, she she might like you. Like, she gave you the first rose. Like, there's definitely something there. Like, and it was all for entertainment. They indulged this incredibly toxic, scary man for entertainment. Mm. Do you think that's gross? It is really gross because it sort of makes light of something that 
already gets brushed under the carpet or mm. just overlooked. And that's kind of troubling. And if they're putting it on there just for entertainment value, then that and really also the fact, it. yeah, that he didn't learn any lessons from it, from what I can see. Because last week he was saying to camera, yeah, I am obsessive. Yeah, I am the guy who would do anything. Like, yeah, I am the guy who, like, doesn't give an F and who, like, would do whatever. Like, he was proud of the fact that he was, like, scarily invested like he to him it was like a romantic thing that he was willing to go that far it's like no that's not healthy dude like that's actually scary and creepy and and toxic and weird yeah and it's a shame no one's telling him that and yeah like someone should like like why she she got to have that incredible feminist like rant at the misogynistic noosa guy why not have that kind of rant at Jamie? Mm. Because it's harder when it's someone, when it's subtle, scary behaviour. It's harder to have a clear-cut rant at someone like that. Yeah. But I think she should have. I think they should If they kept him around for entertainment like that, then they should have had some kind of conclusion where she told him how gross and toxic he was being. Yeah. Or else what was the point of having him there? Yeah. And... There was a little bit last week or the week before, I don't know, I was a little bit troubled because I was like, is he being taken advantage of? Like, Mm. is he not really understanding exactly what's going on? That made me feel kind of queasy. I think of him very differently now in the light of the fact that he chose to just throw every other guy under the bus. Yeah. And do so in a way that made it very clear to her that no one here actually likes you or cares about you except for me. Yeah. Was so incredibly underhanded and manipulative and really, really, really foul. And at no point did he think, if I'm just me and I just bring the best sides of myself to mm. this interaction, then she's going to click with it. Or maybe she won't. And that's a textbook abusive manoeuvre. Yeah. Foul. If, if you don't pick me, then nobody else will ever like you. Yeah. So. And I thought that too. Like a lot of people, like there was the whole like, oh, maybe he's on the spectrum or maybe he's not very smart or what. But it's like I did weigh that up when I was watching it. But to be honest, I don't think it's any of those things. I think he's just a really toxic guy mm. with really toxic ideas about um what he is owed from women and what he deserves from women. And I think that, you know, that's not, that's not any kind of mental or psychological illness. That's just being a dick. Yeah. And look, you know what, honey, I'm never looking for the um, uh, positive social outcomes from shows (laughs) like this, but maybe if people actually get to see that displayed and then get to listen to you breaking it down in that way, then they might actually recognise if they're like, oh, yeah, I've been with partners who've done that to me in the past or maybe well, I'm actually with a partner who's doing that to me right now. Yes, if that's I have the case, been and you have get been. Out. But the thing is you do have to listen to, I mean, listen to just the gist, but if you don't listen to this, I mean, it's if the thing that annoys me about it is if people just watched that episode, mm. they wouldn't then get the conversation and the breakdown and the debrief about what was really wrong and upsetting and toxic about what they used for entertainment Mm. unless they did listen to a podcast like this or any other podcast or read some kind of article, which I'm sure there'll be many over the next couple of days. It's like, 
you can't, you can't, if you worked on that show, you can't put that kind of scenario up for entertainment and then just say, oh, and we don't need to do anything else because other people will will break this down and, and make sure that people watch it responsibly and understand that it's toxic. We just do the entertainment side of it. Like, it shouldn't be on us to talk about how that's effed. Mm. So you think few people will actually read it the way that you've read it? Yeah, I do. Okay. I mean, I think I... There are lots of people in my life who I don't think are as tuned in to this kind of rhetoric mm. who probably wouldn't watch it. I think they would watch it and laugh and think, oh, he's a bit creepy, that's mm. a bit weird. But I don't think they would really um, think about it critically or analytically or emotionally in a in a way, not because they can't, but just because they have no reason to, like just because mm. they they don't really ever hear this kind of discourse or this kind of rhetoric about this kind of thing. Mm. And it's like... I think they should have just done more during the episode yeah. to highlight and talk about why that was toxic yeah. rather than just have it there as entertainment and then he gets kicked out and then it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Unless you go and listen to a podcast or read an article about how that was effed, you're never going to really think about why it was. Yeah. Yeah, fair point. So, um, listeners, just um, direct your <laughs> friends who might be in a semi-abusive relationship yes. towards our podcast so that we can help them with this episode. But also, seriously, we'll put some numbers at the end because obviously I don't know them off the top of my head, but mm. we'll put some numbers at the end of this podcast about where you can go or some websites or whatever. I mean, everybody knows someone who's been in that kind of weird situation and so we'll make sure that we have all the resources there. Um, because, you know, you can't really talk about this stuff without yeah. at least providing those kinds of resources. Yeah. Oh, this got a bit serious. Oh. Well, listen, good idea, honey, you share those numbers at the end. But anyway, so was that the end of the episode? Well, yeah, that's yeah, the that's end. Done. That's it. So Jamie's gone. <laughs> so now, I, well, the one thing I'm going to challenge you with is all of a sudden you've got a crush on this guy who's never said a word. You have no idea if he is funny <laughs> I, or gets TV um, references. Me. But the fact that I've got a crush on the guy with an island and dogs and abs. Ew, you've got a crush on the worst guy. The fact, like, if you go back and listen to every podcast that we've done on The Bachelorette since week one, yeah. I have literally every week said, oh, that guy's cute. Oh, I like that guy. Oh, I wonder what's going on with that guy. Oh, I'm glad he stayed. Oh, I really like that guy. Oh. He's still around. Ah. I have good taste. There you go. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's kind of like stayed around long enough that he's cute and attractive enough to stay around, but he hasn't done interesting, he hasn't done anything interesting enough that he's gotten on camera. <laughs> I feel like he's the Stephen Bradbury. <laughs> I love might him. Be the one he's really cute. I really like Alex. Uh -huh. So, um, I mean, I, he'll go next week for yeah. sure. He'll, next episode he'll be gone, but uh, he's the one I like. He's uh, the one I've liked the whole time. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, he's all yours. But, I mean, I'm our predictions, Carlin's coming back, I reckon. Kieran's coming back. Shit, yeah. Kieran's coming back. <laughs> also, so what? Okay, now we've got next week and then the week after will be the finale uh -huh. and then fresh just the gist content Ooh. what would you like from the first episode of just the gist because i've written a few episodes but oh. what are you hoping will be like but i can put in sub in whatever one works best so what okay. what are you hoping 
four from the first episode of Just the Gist. You that know, is not Bachelor related. Someone asked me this question just today, and I'm really hoping that you'll talk to me about um, at least one conspiracy theory at some point, because I always okay. find them fascinating when people tell me about some sort of bizarre conspiracy theory. And the more they tell me, the more that I can start to like get on board with. Okay, So I that might be good for the first from. one then. Because I be feel like one. there's a lot of pressure on us for the first non-Bachelor Just the Gist to be like super good okay. to like hook people in. Ooh, okay. Well, well, you know, that's an option. Could be a really good one. I also yeah. love quirky historical events that yes. like from a few hundred years ago, if not more, like possibly okay. even more ancient. Um also, I know that you know so much Titanic trivia. I feel like <laughs> I really you're going to be able to give me so much Titanic Okay, stuff. Titanic will definitely be just, will be a just the gist, but it can't be the first one because it's going to be about a three-hour episode because I know so much about it. So <laughs> Titanic will definitely be on the list, uh-huh. but it won't be the first episode. It'll be several installments. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. So... so- Couple okay. of things, and you know, at some point, you might be able to explain to me how currency works, or <laughs> I don't know. I might be able to do that. <laughs> Probably not. But um, people have been sending me awesome ideas. People have been sending me heaps of cool suggestions, mm. and I'm taking them all on board. I've got a list. I've got a Google Doc mm. with a list of things. Explain and to me f- how Google Docs work. Just give me uh, just the gist of Google. That'll Docs. be just the gist. I'll do an entire just the gist of how Google Docs works. But I Actually, do have a Google just Doc the gist of, of all the things. Of Google. Okay, (gasps) that's a good one. Yeah. Yes. So I do have a Google Doc of all ideas people have sent me and a few people have sent me ideas that I've already thought of. So, like, we're going to talk about a lot of cool shit. I'm excited. Yay. Once this (sighs) whole thing is over. (laughs) (laughs) But do you know what? I'm genuinely excited for the end. You're invested. Only because I've really got on board with Kieran. This is the only person that I have felt so endeared to. And oh, if he was gay and you guys dated, I, I, I'm i not sure anything would make me happier unless he dated me. <laughs> like, I, if he can't date me, then I want him to date you. Yeah, same, honey. If I, I can't want him, have him to, I want him to be with one of us. Yeah. I or we could be a thruple, which I feel like he'd be into. Although you and I don't really want to see each other naked or sexually. <laughs> so. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay, should we go? <laughs> yeah, but before we do, um, we we have to keep our promise to learn a Mancunian, Manchunian, Manchester um, Yes, accent. and people have been sending me instructional videos really? all week. Okay, yes, send but them to me. as we said, finale. Fina- finale. I'm not sending them to you. That's my that's my advantage. Get your own fans. <laughs> In the finale episode of The Bachelorette, we will have a Mancunian slash Manchester accent showdown. Game one. Game on, bitch. All right. Love you. Ciao. Bye. Bye. Listener.